fans, mission of the global revolution, as always, where the coolest guys around will bring to you all the wrestling which may be falling under your radar. Today we're talking about one of our favorite promotions to cover, Chikara. We're going to cover both shows from the Young Lions Cup weekend. Happened very recently, just uh, March 16th, airing out of the Wrestle Factory, so it comes to you right away, which is the nice thing about the Wrestle Factories. We're going to cover both of those shows. We're going to bring it all to you, and it's going to be great. And I do say we, because I could not, would I should not do this by myself. I'm joined by a lovely, a wonderful man. He's my friend. He should be yours. He is called Jeff. Jeff Salem. Hello, everybody out there in podcast and internet land. Jeff here. Miz fan there. Chakara on the slate. The Young Lions Cup being decided uh, one of these past weekends here in March. Uh, and it's always a fun time when we get to watch some Shakar, and especially fun when those shows uh, come sort of right out almost immediately after they are, are done. You know, that's always, as Mr. Fan said, a fun thing about the Wrestle Factory is getting those quick turnarounds on those shows. So we've got uh, two two shows, each about two hours long that we're covering here, uh, parts one, parts two, day shift, night shift, however you want to view it, for the Young Lions Cup and a lot of things to talk about off of these shows, I think. A lot of fun things, a lot of interesting things, and we're going to go over them, all of them right here on the Global Revolution. So let's let's begin. Let's kick this off. Young Lions Cup. Exciting times. Great. Let's jump right into it. We start our first show, the first stage, with a little promo, video of Mr. Touchdown, talking about why, why oh why, he hasn't just uh, ripped the title out of Dasher Hatfield's hands. Of course, uh, everybody knows or should know if you've been listening to this uh, podcast or watching Chikara itself. Mr. Touchdown, the rightful grand champion of Chikara, uh, got injured. Dasher Hatfield, uh, his step-cousin-in-law and longtime tag team partner, defending it for him as an interim champion. Mr. Touchdown comes back. Dasher won't give the title back. Has now challenged Mr. Touchdown basically to earn a shot at his own title. So why, oh why, would Mr. Touchdown not? Just grab that title, knock Dasher down, or at least make the attempt. Well, because he tells us that uh, family is so important to him. He doesn't want to break up the family over this title. He wants to hold everybody together, even though Dasher is acting the way he is right now. So basically, he's going to jump through Dasher's hoops. He's going to follow through on this challenge. He's going to try to get the three points you need in Chikara to make the challenge and uh, try to get his title back that way. Um, this is cool. I really appreciated this because uh, it is a good question. Why would uh, Touchdown bother to go through these hoops when he could probably take any number of other ways to get that title back around his waist since uh, it is his title? Uh, so, yeah, it, uh, it covered that pretty well. Nice little character moment for Chikara and uh, adding another layer to this already really good feud. Mm-hmm. Some good promo work in general by... Uh... Uh, Mark Angelicetti here, and also just like you, I dig the explanation. I also kind of liked him, at least mentioning in passing, you know, that Dasher has been there for him a lot in his in his past. You know, Dasher kind of got him on the right path back when he started as a Rudo, got him turned over to the Technico side. Dasher was there for him when he was, you know, there was that time during the Challenge of the Immortals where, you know, turned out uh, Mark Angelicetti was using that loaded pad for Dasher. And, you know, Dasher still, you know, after everything, cared about him and, you know, put him back on the right path. The time with uh, Nazmal Dune and all that stuff that, you know, Dasher was always there. Anytime Mr. Touchdown is strayed off the path of righteousness, as it were, 
Dasher has always been there to kind of bring him back into the proper fold, bring him back onto the right path. So part of it, it kind of feels like, you know, he's grateful that Dasher has done that for him. And because of that, because of how close his familial bond is with him now, especially after those events, he can't just punch the dude in the face and beat him up and throw his child around the ring and do whatever he needs to violently to get his title back. If he's got to, he's got to jump through these hoops. That's okay. As you know, family is important. Family is a strong bond that shouldn't be broken. And sometimes things happen and you just kind of have to go with them for the, for the sake of the family. So this is, I think uh, a nice little wrinkle, a little bit of playing on the past for uh, touchdown and dasher, um, really just a smart way to kind of cover those bases there as it were. Hey, hey, bases because the dude's a baseball man. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I like this promo. I like the work from uh, Mark here. And overall, yeah, good promo and good explanation. Would have to agree. We'll move right on to our first match, which is the first of four Eliminator four-way matches. So 16 wrestlers, four wrestlers, four matches each. Um no, uh, too many fours in there, but hopefully you get the <laughs> idea. Uh, the first match yeah, is a four-way elimination match. Boomer Hatfield, Jay Sorbet, and Lee Moriarty. And uh, the fourth wrestler was meant to be Blanche Babish, but uh, apparently cannot be here. So we go through the uh, Chikara process of selecting a new opponent, but we have a new uh, commentator here. And... I honestly couldn't tell if it was intentional or not that they didn't really do the bit he like kind of blew through it and was like doing his own one-liners and i couldn't i couldn't tell if that was the idea or not um but they come mark up with haggerty Lady Frost, the name, by the way so, what's the name mark haggerty mark if you haggerty. say so my friend <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, i will yeah, take yeah. your word for it yeah he was an interesting guy um i don't know if i necessarily cared for him to be honest but uh Certainly seem to be trying to have a good time out there, so I'll give him credit for that. Definitely. He feels like he's got to get a little bit more into the Chikara mold of things, but I think he's got potential. I like his voice, and he provided, at least I thought, a little bit of fun uh, throughout the uh, night, throughout the day, throughout the weekend, whatever it is. The two two shows, I thought he did a a pretty decent job, but I think he will have to get a little bit more uh, seasoning, Chikara seasoning to him as we go along. Uh, yes, so I guess we will see. Uh, anyway, yes, Lady Frost is the wrestler who will be replacing Blanche Babish, not Roman Reigns or any of the other people. He quickly pulled Hurricane out Hurricane Helms. So. Uh, there's one name he said at the beginning I no longer remember. Typhoon, maybe? Maybe. I don't know. So, I don't know. Yeah. Um, no, I assume Fred Ottman is not going to show up. So. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, yeah, I, I like this match pretty well. Jay Sorbet, uh, I didn't really think a whole lot of him. He's the first guy eliminated. Uh, Lady Frost seems very fun, though. We'd like to see more of her. Uh, she goes out second. Uh, Lee Moriarty, though, I got to say, he, he does not win this match. He, he is eliminated third. But, man, he is one of the uh, standout guys in the tournament to me, especially because I believe they thought they mentioned he was kind of an alternate pick. Like, their first pick didn't pan out for some reason, so they called him. And he did awesome. I thought he was, like, really uh, engaging in the rings. He's very charismatic. I was almost really kind of rooting for him here, even though I do like uh, Boomer Hatfield, who does win the match. Um, yeah, I just I had fun with this overall, especially kind of the three people that I ended up uh, liking more. Yes, I I had fun with Jay Sorbet, but he definitely felt like the, uh, the lesser of all the uh, talents 
in that ring. No offense to him, but uh, Boomer Hatfield's in there. Boomer Hatfield is really good. Yeah. Um, I thought um, by the end of the entire tournament, he looked spectacular. Um, he, he's come. He's already come a long way in his very short time as a as a wrestler. I think he's grown leaps and bounds, even from compared to last year. So. That's fun to see, um, and we'll talk about more of that as we uh, go on with these matches. Uh, Lady Frost, I thought, was very engaging and fun as well. But yeah, Lee Moriarty, um, I don't remember who they said he replaced, but one of their uh, one of the original competitors could not make it out to the shows this weekend and said they called uh, Lee Moriarty and brought him in. And that dude, I, I see why he was an alternate, but I don't understand why he wasn't in the tournament to begin with because <laughs> – he was really good. He was a lot of fun, super engaging. Um, yeah, he was just a blast to watch. I loved his uh, his entrance, the Taiga style thing, uh, uh, playing off of some uh, Wu Tang Clan stuff. Uh, just just a very engaging character, very cool looking dude. And he uh, he wrestled a fun little bit in this match. Very uh, very excited to see what Lee Moriarty brought to the table and yeah he did not win this match boomer it does win and advanced but uh yeah good showing for him a solid showing for lady frost as well yeah yeah definitely so after the match scott holiday that weird human uh tries to ask <laughs> boomer hadfield about dasher but who should show up but dasher himself in those awesome so so heelish and i don't even know why suspenders that he's wearing um basically shuts up scott holiday and encourages, I use that term loosely, that, uh, Boomer to win the Young Lions Cup, saying pointedly that, oh, no one in the Hatfield family has ever done that before, which is, of course, a uh, not very veiled barb at Mr. Touchdown. And also, I thought kind of giving him that, like, uncomfortable dad pressure, uh, you know, mm-hmm. like the guy at the Little League game who's, like, way too into it and, like, he's going to freak out and punch someone if his kid doesn't win. So, so yeah, a couple couple layers going on there that I appreciated. Yes, indeed. I liked him. Uh, I liked Dasher coming out and interrupting uh, the entire interview to specifically say, you know, this is not about me. This is about my boy. This is about da- this is about Boomer here. You know, getting an opportunity to do something no one in the Hatfield family has done before. Like, because because it's another one of those things that comes off like. Um, it, it's sort of been my favorite thing up to this point, and uh, we will definitely talk about some uh, stuff on night two that kind of breaks that. But up to this point, a sort of very sinister, very just like not particularly great, um, but still kind of like understandable, like, you know, character that Dasher Hatfield had. Like he's not he's a, he's definitely a Rudo, but there was, you know, just some aspects to him that remained I, I, I don't know. There were some sympathetic things like, you know, don't ask my boy about this rivalry going on between his pops and his uh, his uncle. Like, that's not that's not appropriate. This is the Young Lions Cup. Talk about that. Talk about him winning his match. Talk about what he's got to do from here on out to win the whole thing and, you know, rooting on his son. But there's just a nice, solid undercurrent that makes you just very weary of anything Dasher does right now. And it was so I, I really thought that stood out in this promo of him kind of coming to his son's defense, but you could kind of tell that there were some uh, sinister motives behind everything he was doing and saying, I just, I, I love this, this character choice for Dasher and it's uh, worked out really well so far, I think. Yeah, I, I would have to agree with that. Uh, after that, we are supposed to get a trios match 
between Juan Francisco de Coronado and the closers and three of the uh, mass jobbers uh, that frequent the Russell factory. Um, but we learn uh, from commentary, and I don't know if this was explained further anywhere else because I never really picked it up, but I guess Juan has been uh, basically stripped by the Ecuadorian government of his status, and so it doesn't seem like he, he has his prestige anymore. He doesn't have, apparently, access to his bank accounts because uh, this match never happens. The closers say, you know, they haven't been paid, their envelopes have been light, their PayPals are empty, uh, and they, they, you know, they're not going to be doing this for free. When Juan's not able to pay him, they beat up the guy and, uh, yeah, leave him laying. So, um, sad for me to see uh, Juan Francisco in such dire straits. But I got to say, depending on where they go with this, I don't know if this is some long-term plan, maybe to make a, a technical of sorts out of Juan, but if it is, the crowd did not react as such. If anything, it seems like they were baby-facing the closers. Maybe oh, yeah. even by mistake. Uh, I don't even know. But uh, apparently that relationship is definitely over. And uh, our boy Juan is uh, in some dire straits. So it'll be mm-hmm. interesting to see what happens there. Oh, poor, poor Juan. He got beat up. He got thrown around. He got choke-bombed. And then he got deal-breakered right in the center of the ring, taken out by the closers. And they had all their uh, Juan-like paraphernalia removed, their wristbands and elbow pads and kind of bow tie-esque bands on their upper arms all removed all thrown at Juan and thrown down yeah the closers got a a big pop for all of this stuff everybody seemed to love them beating up Juan which all things considered makes makes a lot of sense Juan Francisco one of the most hated and despised wrestlers in recent Chikara history and it's no wonder he's always had this very smug attitude about himself he's um He's a very good wrestler, but that means because of his smug attitude, because of the way he holds himself, he constantly comes into uh, wrestling contact with a lot of beloved wrestlers and then defeats them in very smug and conniving, sometimes cheating ways. Um, It's just very much not a guy anybody uh, particularly likes. So it it, it makes sense that uh, in the first thing that sort of happens to him, he gets no sympathy from anyone as he gets planted into the mat time and time again. But I can see it, it would be very interesting. I don't know if this is what the plan is, but I could definitely see them slowly but surely turning Juan face out of this as he has to kind of actually suffer with the consequences of his hubris and his actions over the years, maybe learning to be humble, learning to be a nice dude, things like that. That could be an interesting angle. But the thing that really, um, thing that really appeals to my eye is... Ms. Fan, what rivalry would you say has really identified Chikara over the past, I don't know, two, three, four seasons, maybe even longer than that? What what two guys been facing off in the main events, been uh, sort of on opposite ends of the spectrum for Chikara for a few years? Would you say that would be um, Juan Francisco de Coronado versus Dasher Hatfield? You certainly one of could say things? that, yes. I think you could. You think I could. And now, potentially... We haven't. It's, it's only just started for Juan. We don't know where this is going. We don't quite know what route they're going to take with this. But how interesting would it be if we saw, you know, after all the Rudo Juan versus Technico Dasher matches we've seen over the years, the, show, the stare downs, the showdowns, the fights, everything that we've seen from them over the past few years, how interesting would it be to see a Rudo Dasher Hatfield? Maybe his grand champion, maybe not. We'll see what happens. 
taking on a Technico Juan Francisco de Coronado somewhere down the line. Um, I, to me personally, that seems just like a very interesting route to go, and I would love to see if they do that. But Ms. Fan, what's your what's your take on that possible idea, that possible future we may indeed be looking at? Truthfully, it's so difficult to imagine that I can't even articulate it. I can only <laughs> wait and see if it happens because it definitely could happen, but I I don't even know. I yeah, yeah. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, remember this time uh, when we were talking. Uh, close to the end of the last season, we thought it was like unthinkable and maybe even the wrong thing to do if Dasher were to turn heel, and yet he's he's done it. He, he turned on his family, he turned Rudo, um, he kept the belt, and he's just been very, you know, just a, just a bad person. He's trying to be, a, he seems like he's trying to be a good person, but he's just not, and it's been a really interesting and fun character to watch. Could something similar happen to Juan Francisco de Coronado down the line in a, uh, technical like manner we'll see we'll see but um for the time being all we got to see was Juan getting beat up mercilessly by the closers and absolutely everyone loved it including uh, the commentary team basically thinking <laughs> Juan was finally getting his comeuppance uh for just you know not being able to pay the bills of the closers and yeah good segment fun stuff here but it's going to be uh very interesting to see where they take a uh, Juan Francisco de Coronado uh from here Particularly so because uh, all of this will end. The second show, the end of the night, will end with the the fans chanting "One was right," which was uh, quite interesting to me. But we'll get to that as we mm-hmm. go along. Uh, next, we have another four-way eliminator first-round match: the Young Lions Cup. Uh, this one made up of Airwolf, Thiefant, Frantic, and uh, an outside talent called Jaden Newman. Uh, Frantic number goes- one, Jaden Newman. Number that? one, Jaden Newman. Ichiban, uh, el numero uno, Jaden Newman. Don't forget that. He's very think, insistent on that. I think my mind edited out that Ichiban thing because, <laughs> no, come on, buddy. <laughs> Just like, huh, maybe if you've been to Japan, but you, you ain't been to Japan. Okay, anyway, not not unless you were a tourist, so uh, who knows. Um, Frantic goes out first here, which you might expect because Frantic, God love him, uh, probably still needs the most polish out of uh, any of these guys. Um, very surprisingly to me, Airwolf went out next, and even more surprisingly, Thiefan was the next man eliminated, leaving Jaden Newman as the winner. Now, I-, I thought this was fine. It was perfectly decent, but uh, it-, it was probably my least favorite of these uh, four-way matches. Um, if for no other reason than, yeah, Jay, why Jaden Newman over your Rey de and your King of Trios? I don't know. Like, he was fine. Without doing, nothing... like, any sort of, like, cheating or really underhanded tactics yeah. to kind of, like, put over the fact that he had, like, gotten these really big, like, kind of sneaky wins over, once again one-third of your King of Trios, and your reigning Rey de Voladores. Yeah, uh, and nor did he really do anything impressive enough, I thought, to warrant that kind of uh, victory. You know? I don't know. Like, he wasn't bad, certainly. I thought he was fine. I thought he looked even a little better on the second show. But yeah, I don't know. He just didn't really stand out to me at all, so I was very surprised to see him go over here. Very strange. 
Mm-hmm. Especially over Airwolf. Now, eventually, Airwolf does get himself into a uh, very fun situation on night two, which we'll talk about when we get there. So mm-hmm. if they wanted to do that, I guess I can see why. But I, I, I don't know. Your Radio Voladoris dude getting beat in this match, especially alongside one of your King of Trios also getting beat in this match. It just kind of... I don't know. Jaden Newman was... I, I think I liked him a little bit more than you did, but I don't know, man. Like, that just... That that struck me as being very, like... I, I guess if you wanted a Rudo in, like, the next semifinal because you felt you needed that, I get it, but I don't know. It felt like there could have been some better way to actually do this because he was, he was good, but I don't know if I'd consider him anything more than that. And there was a lot of talent who on these shows I thought were significantly uh, more fun or interesting than him that I felt could have made it on, including at least Airwolf in this match. I like the fan fine enough as it is, but Airwolf seems like a very, uh, I don't know. I think he's a very, very good talent face on what I've seen from him in the past, but what you saw from him this weekend, he's really good. So why Newman went over him and why Newman uh, went over and made it to the next round when several, I think deserving talents did not, um, I think I think begs at least a little bit of a question. Uh, yeah. Well, I certainly thought it was strange. I couldn't really um, track why exactly that went down. But I guess sometimes things happen that you don't expect. So there you go. <laughs> um, next match we have a uh, singles match: Missile Assault Man taking on Rory Gulak. And uh, the big upside here is Missile Assault Man being booked for matches that are not just there to wrap up. The Proteus Wheel arc uh, just being booked in, like, normal matches and just being Missile Assault Man and just being in Chikara. That is so super good, super awesome. (laughs) Thumbs way up to the sky. I love that. Uh, This match, uh, it was sort of just there. I don't know. It seemed like it was a bit short, and it ended, like, very abruptly. So, I don't know. I'm not the biggest fan of Rory uh, as a wrestler, and I thought he was at some yeah, of his. Uh, so. I thought he was at some of his most obnoxious here. Let me just say. Sure, I, I actually didn't think so, but maybe maybe I glazed over a little bit because Roy Gould doesn't do a lot for me. I thought if anything, I was thinking back and I I was remembering like for a while he seemed to have like kind of more of a character. He was kind of be like more obnoxious. He was trying to like grind down the rookies and stuff, and now he sort of just defaulted back to, I'm Roy Gulak. I'll say amazing and. Maybe that, that's, you'll cheer and maybe you won't. So I am Rory Gulak. I sure am. And then Rory there was Gulak. even, I think there was a little bit of a later period in the season where he was kind of like nominally a face, but he wasn't like obnoxious. He was just like, right. I do like amateur wrestling. And it was like, okay, I kind of dig that. But then in this match, he comes back out and he's, you know, amazing. And he's like kind of taunting uh, missile assault man with it. But Apparently he is amazing and we're supposed to like like this. I don't know. Yeah, see, that's very the glad. thing. I can't even tell what he's trying to do a bunch of the time, so I don't know. Um, I'm just not that into Rory Gulak. I don't know. He just doesn't do it for me. And I love Drew, so I don't know. It's strange. Yes, indeed. But uh, the, the biggest thing that makes me happiest about this match is not only did uh, did our boy Missile Assault Man you know, have a match booked in Chikara, but he won it. He won his match. Yep. Um, uh, it did kind of come out of nowhere a little bit, but uh, that's that's fine with me because as long as uh, Missile Soul Man is picking up wins, especially against a dude like Rory Gulak, who I'm not super into, 
that's fine. That's perfectly fine with me. I thought uh, Missile looked pretty good here, as he always does. Uh, some nice uh, chain wrestling, some nice back-and-forth kind of ground grappling uh, stuff in this match. And even with Rory's background and expertise, I never thought uh, uh, Missile Assault Man looked particularly out of his depth here. So I thought it was like a solid match, but definitely a good showing for Missile Assault Man, and very happy he picked up the win. Yeah, 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 fair enough. Uh, glad about that as well. We move on to probably the strangest match on this show, probably the strangest in a while, yet one that I actually enjoyed a lot. Uh, Lucas Calhoun taking on Volgar in an unsanctioned chain match, and it was so unsanctioned that it had no commentary, it had no referee, um, it just had uh, two men, a chain, and the fans, and... Uh, Apparently the fans uh, were a deciding factor in this because early on Calhoun uh, encouraged them to count like it was a last man standing match, which they kind of did through the rest of the match. Um, I got to say, though, I really did like this in the end, despite kind of some weirdness, uh, if for no other reason than I thought Lucas Calhoun was really going above and beyond to make this just as great as he possibly could. And I thought he had a wonderful showing here. He did a lot of stuff that was like kind of above what he normally would, and I normally like him, so, like, I'm not saying that lightly, uh, or as, like, a slam. I thought he was really putting on a good show here. I thought Volgar was solid. Uh, I liked kind of the whole build, the feel of the match, the little touches they gave it with it being unsanctioned. Um, so, yeah, overall, I really enjoyed this, despite I, I could easily see someone watching this and being like, I don't really know, like, what the heck was going on there, but just for me... <laughs> Uh, I don't know if it's just my investment talking, but I, I was really into it. I liked it. I think the only thing that could have really benefited this match benefited this match more is if they had like properly explained what was going on to the fans who were supposed to, you know, as Ms. Fan said, count for this match as if it was a last man standing match. Because I think, personally, I think they should have just had a referee. You know, like. <laughs> I think it just would have been better. Um, but yeah, Maybe. it was what it was. <laughs> But see, I kind of liked some of the things they did with it being the fans, because while they would count, um, if Volgar would count, they would count in a sort of a normal regular cadence, you know, one, two, three, kind of straight along. But I don't know if you caught on this, but when Lucas was down, Calhoun was down, they'd actually count with a, especially towards the uh, latter half of the match, they would count with a slower cadence, one, Two, as if they were kind of trying to give him more time to get up, kind of give him more time to make his way to his feet. And I thought that was just like a very cool touch that could only happen with like, you know, that sort of fan involvement. The only big issue I had with it was some fans were counting too fast or started too early and then all the other fans would join in. So you'd have one guy counting at like six, seven, and everybody else is still at like three, four. And it was very that part of it was kind of confusing and weird at times. Like you, I can definitely see someone new or someone less familiar with Jakara watching this and being like, I don't know what's going on and I'm not particularly enjoying this or get it at all. So that I definitely agree on. But as you said, Lucas Calhoun, I think, I think he made himself a star in this match. Going to be genuinely honest. I, I'm a big fan of Lucas Calhoun. You know this. We've talked about this. I've, I think a lot of the guy, um, 
But this match, like you said, he went above and beyond even his normal performances. He came off as super charismatic. He came off as super sympathetic. He was doing cool stuff. He was taking cool stuff. Um, he was just he was in control of this match, even when he was getting his butt kicked. He was just in control. He regularly had moments where he, kind of the fans were eating out the palm of his hands. Like the moment he would yell, literally everybody in the building would yell back in support of him. Um, they were just doing some some pretty cool spots in this match as well. Chairs were involved. A, a beer bottle got involved. Um, Volgar like did a flip off the top rope and tried to land on Calhoun on the apron, but missed. And that was, that was a big thing. Um, I thought both guys put in a lot of work. Lucas Calhoun in particular, um, really stealing the show. And in the end, I thought he was going to get absolutely demolished in this match and lose. Cause at one point, uh, I think Volgar hit like two diving splashes and then a diving, uh, front flip Sinton, on him, and I was convinced that was it. It's over. He just got crushed like three, four times. It's done. Lucas finds a way to pull off the victory. I think it was like a oh, what happened? Like it was a super like Samoan drop, if I recall correctly, or something mm. like that, where he like smashes this uh, bottle upside the head of Volgar. You know, climbs the rope, drops him off with that super Samoan drop, and manages to get to his knees and get off the mat before the uh, fan count of 10 to win. So this was a good one. Um, I just really had a blast with this. And once again, I think Lucas Calhoun, I think both guys really killed it, but Lucas Calhoun um, took his game to the next level. And if you don't think he is a star, if you don't think he has star potential, um, I think this match, even as kind of weird and different as it was, really painted that picture of Lucas Calhoun potentially being like a, a very like big important and just high quality player for Chikara. I love him. Love this match. This was a very uh, fun time for me. Yeah. I mean, if you don't know Lucas Calhoun is great by now, you're not going to know it, uh, I think, but you should know it. So try to know it uh, really out there. Hope get with the program. Um, my only response uh, to go back a little bit, you say like the fans, yeah, chatting differently. For both guys doesn't really give Lucas Calhoun a decisive or like moral victory necessarily. If you know, you kind of got a cheap, cheap win out of it. If you really want to, well, think that about depends it. on what still, you view you know, as, as yeah. cheap. Remember this match, unsanctioned match. And to, uh, his whole entire thing has been this, like this whole time is, are you with us? Do you support us? Mm. And you could make the argument that the fans, you know, very clearly showing their support for Lucas and not showing it for Volgar, including the fact that Volgar got faster cadences for his counts, might, you know, it's not really about winning or losing the match individually as much as it is being able to send that message, be able to win that war against the Proteus Wheel, against Dr. Nicodemus. And, you know, with the fans very clearly behind him and giving him even that advantage in this match, very clearly showing where their allegiances lie here. I think you could say that as a uh, win regardless for Lucas Calhoun, and that's what I'm going to choose to do. So there. <laughs> Fair enough. I guess my only counter to that is uh, when were the fans on the side of the Proteus wheel? Like, he didn't exactly that's have to win true. them back over. They were like <laughs> science murder monsters the whole time, and nobody, you know, supported them. But uh, that's true. still, that's yeah, true. good match. Yeah, maybe my favorite from night one. Uh, one of my top two from uh, from stage one anyway. 
Uh, move on to another four-way match. Still live for the Apricots and Pears. Taking on Cam Carter. Taking on Davian. Taking on D.L. Hurst. Um, I like this one quite a bit. I like Davian a lot. The few times I've seen her, she looked great here. Very sad she got eliminated first. Uh, like, horrendously sad. She was yeah. kicking butt in this she match. She really Dang. was, yeah. I, I could have easily seen her. I could have seen her win the whole thing. I'd have been, I'd have been happy, mm-hmm. so sad for that. Um, D.L. Hurst, uh, I, we've seen him a number of times before. He seems to pop up now and then. I have an awfully hard time kind of remembering him. But I, I, I think kinda, he, like, I teamed with... Feeling, <laughs> I get the feeling he was doing a lot better this year than last year, at least. So maybe I'll remember him a little better this time. I think we've seen him, like, team with Anthony Green before. I think he was in, like, last year's Young Lions Cup yeah, as yeah. well, I think. I think. I want to um, say so. Um, but he, he goes out second. Uh, it is still live for the Apricots and Pears that gets the win over Cam Carter. Uh, a little surprisingly to me, uh, not a lot surprising, but a little just because, uh, I don't know, they seem very high on Cam Carter. They've had him back several times now. Um, wrestled Mar Francisco last year uh, in a really memorable match. He was in uh, Rated Voladores as well, I think. So, yeah, um, he's just uh, been a lot of fun. Uh, he's been very easy to remember. He stands out a lot. So, good for Cam Carter. Still pulls up short here, but I was glad to see him. Yes, indeed. I liked Africots and Pairs picking up the win here just because I'm very invested in them and blank, but definitely Cam Carter. I think the, the, uh, the spotlight talent in this match uh, really good. I don't know where he performs out of regularly, but um, I think if Chikara can, they should definitely be looking at, to have him uh, doing Chikara shows way more regularly. I know we've seen him a few times here and there, but if he could become maybe something close to a full-time member of the roster, I would have uh, zero, absolutely zero complaints about that and would be, in fact, very much in favor of doing so because Cam Carter doesn't just kind of rule. He just outright rules. This guy's really good. Um, enjoyed seeing him here. Very sad he ends up losing, but he uh, he does have a fun thing on stage too that I uh, that I really really enjoyed. So at least we got that. Indeed, looks like last year mostly wrestling for CWF Mid Atlantic, which is a fun promotion that we don't get to talk about enough. But uh, yeah, if he uh, has a mind to move out to Chikara's way more often, we'd be very glad to see him. Mm-hmm. Um, Cool, cool. So let's see what else we got. We got uh, another four-way. And I got to say, I don't know about you, this is my favorite of the whole bunch. Uh, in this match, you have Green Ant, always fun. Alley Cat, who I had not seen before and enjoyed quite a bit. Braden Lee, who I suppose was in this match also. Uh, he was just sort of there to me. Oh, I but, liked him. I uh, liked he was him. fine. He was fine. I don't want to slam him or anything. But everyone was eclipsed by one man, and that man... Came out to a Hey Mickey sound-alike theme, which already made me like him. He is Ricky South. He is from Australia. And I friggin' love this man. So, man, did you also catch Ricky South Mania watching this match? I think I catched Mania for literally everyone in this match, I'm going to be honest. But, <laughs> okay. yes, right. Ricky South was, um, dang, was he good. Like, I think he's got this really cool look to him. Um, what, do they, what do they say, like, his nickname or his moniker was? Like, flamboyant something, or flamboyant something of flamboyance. I don't remember what it is, but I remember thinking that was, like, really cool. Um, he was awesome, just just generally a treat in this match. And I think I could say that about literally everyone here, but particularly, particularly Ricky South, who just has this, like, 
immediate magnetism. You just got to see him and what he's doing. Um, he was very, just very awesome throughout this whole thing. Um, Green Ant's here. Green Ant is good, very good. I always mm-hmm. enjoy seeing him, and he looked really crisp in this match. Alley Cat is a heck of a lot of fun starting this match with a couple of cat-like antics, demanding her uh, belly be scratched, like rubbing up face-wise on Green Ant, very much confusing him um, throughout this whole thing. Just, just, just a very just fun character, and. Um, the Lee fellow, I also enjoyed a lot. He was uh, he was trying very hard to be loved by the Chikarmi by trying to figure out uh, which convenience store they enjoyed uh, <laughs> the most, um, calling out Wawa and eventually getting some chance. Um, he didn't quite have the most character in this match, but I thought he was a very fun wrestler. Enjoyed seeing him in there. Really, I thought just all four competitors complemented each other really well and created what I thought was the best of all the uh, the four-way eliminators here on stage one. Just four really talented individuals all doing their own separate individual things and really just coming together to create really just what I thought was a spectacular match here in the first round of the Young Lions Cup. Easily my favorite of all four and maybe my uh, favorite match from stage one, i got to yeah, be honest. I was just thinking that same thing. Um, yeah, seriously. Uh, Ali Cat is really good. She goes out first. Um I want to say, no, Brayden, Green Ant must have gone out second, mustn't he have? Um, yes. Yeah, which was also a little surprising to me again, but yeah, no, Ricky South was so great. He does like a delayed double Northern Light suplex in this match, which is just ludicrous. He was super fun. He does a top rope pile driver on a Braden Lee to get the victory. And man, Ricky South is another guy. I wouldn't have been sad if he had won the whole thing. And I hope he comes uh-huh. back a heck of a lot. I know he's from Australia, but man, just, yeah, come back. Uh, or gosh, I'll find you in Australia. Maybe. Cause I really <laughs> liked Ricky South. He was just a phenomenal add to this match. Dude, I had never heard of before. And now I just want to see more of just like all the time, just, just spectacular talent. Really fun here. Really fit Shikara like a glove. Just, just yeah, head over heels for Ricky South. Absolutely so. Uh, that brings us to our last match on the card. Mark Angelo said he missed her touchdown. Seeking those three points. He's got one already. Here he is taking on the man that led the squad that beat Dasher in last year's Cibernetico. That is Chris Dickinson. I'm not going to say his nickname because it creeps me out. Um... You can say it if you want, but it's creepy to me. Uh, I will not. I will okay, all right. Let's just leave. It just sounds creepy, so let's not even talk about that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe part of it is the nickname. It's something. Chris Dickinson just doesn't do it for me that much. Uh, some people really love the guy, and I can kind of see why he's sort of like Jason Statham-y, almost, if that's a thing. Uh, Jason Statham, that, like, if Jason Statham was built like and, Rhino. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, all right. I saw it off. Jason Statham. I don't know. Saw, Movie saw stars are short Statham. sometimes, and you don't expect. Like, Tom Cruise is like five feet tall or something. So, I don't know. He is. That's weird. Off topic. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so touchdown wins this match. Uh, I thought it was pretty good. Not not great. Didn't blow me away or anything. Uh, I do like the kind of uh, arc of uh, Angel Teddy beating a guy that Dasher couldn't really seem to figure out. I thought that was a very nice touch. So, yeah, a touchdown picks up two points. Anything you want to say about the match before we go to what happened after? Um, I, I feel like I've actually enjoyed Dickinson more in Chikara than I have anywhere else that he's performed. Yeah. It's very weird. Um, maybe it's because he's so 
diametrically opposed to what Chikara stands for, that it makes him kind of stand out a little bit more. I don't know if maybe he tones down his stuff while still remaining very vicious while he's in Chikara. I don't know what it is, but uh, something about him in Chikara just kind of works for me personally. Not necessarily my favorite dude, not somebody I'm going to necessarily go out of my way to watch or clamor for, but every time he's been in Chikara, I've I've at least appreciated what he's brought to the table. Um, And of course, Mr. Touchdown, just, just so, so good as usual and picks up the win rightfully so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, rightfully so indeed. After the match, Dasher comes up, uh, hypes up a, a sweaty, tired, beaten down Mr. Touchdown and challenges basically to wrestle again today on the second show. Bryce Remsburg is there, pushes back against Dasher, says, you don't make the matches, but Dasher has uh, hyped up touchdown so much that even though he he hardly can seem to stand up too well he says he is going to take the match he insists that he's going to do it so uh nice effective segment here um really enjoy dasher as being yeah just how good has he been in this role it's really spectacular i've got to say i appreciate what he's been doing a lot even though he's a terrible jerk about it Yes, indeed. Like I said, there's just something insidious and sinister and just just underneath, like he has this veneer of like, you know, well-meaning and, you know, kind of almost fatherly, like attention and support and things. But you can just tell that it's all very like cynical and fake and, you know, he doesn't really mean any of it. You know, he's constantly moving the goalposts for Mr. Touchdown and it's just it's just so awful. And yet he is so, so good in this role, and every sort of twist and turn they've taken with this so far has been really, really good. So, yeah, good good match here, and just, you know, more good work from Dasher and Touchdown afterwards. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely so. Um, we move right on then to the second show later that same day with our first semifinal match, which is Boomer Hatfield taking on Jaden Newman um, in what I thought was a solid match. Uh, Newman, like I said, looking uh, better, I think, in this second showing than he did in the first. Um, Boomer gets the win uh, a little bit suddenly off of just kind of a a hurricane rana, um, sort of a normal one. Uh, But, yeah, getting the victory here. So a solid match. Like you said, Boomer definitely getting good fast. Appreciate the guy. So he's moving on to the finals. Mm-hmm. And uh, like you said, Newman, I thought, looked better here. I also thought he had, you know, maybe in a singles match, he had a little bit more focus as he was working over Boomer's leg after it sort of collapsed on him uh, in the match. Um, Boomer himself uh, played a really good baby face in peril, Technico in peril, uh, eventually making the comeback. And, yeah, he did win off just sort of a, uh, a regular-looking Frankensteiner, which um, was kind of weird, but also I was – I was into it. It was fine for me, um, mostly because Boomer actually wins, and I like Boomer. So, yay, good for him, making it to the finals of the Young Lions Cup. So congratulations to Boomer on that. uh, You know, it's just cool to see how far Boomer has come very quickly to the point where he can, you know, win a couple of matches and make it to the finals of something as prestigious as Chikara's Young Lions Cup, especially the tournament in itself. So good on him. Good on him. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, we go to our second semifinal right away, which is Ricky South, who we love very much. Taking on Still Life with Apricots and Pears, another guy who's getting a lot better, a lot faster than you would expect. 
Um, yeah, no, he, he, I felt like he improved leaps and bounds even since, uh, just, uh, I don't know when, like just a few months ago. So, uh, good on him. Um, and I, I do want to interrupt, not in a necessarily mean spirited way, but, um, still life with apricots and pears uses they, them pronouns, actually. Not yes, he, not she, but this. they, them. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah. you're um, right. I'm so sorry. I wasn't even thinking about that. So, uh, with, my bad. With, I am not, uh, kind of in that, that mindset, but, uh, I always want to be very respectful. So, yeah, good point. Thank you for bringing that to no my worries, attention because no I had forgotten. So, yes. Um, yeah, no, uh, but still life doing really a very good job, uh, in this and really in all these matches. Um, they were, I thought it was kind of incredible to see because, up until this point, like, I've enjoyed Still Life, but they've never really struck me as being, like, super amazing. Like, they were they were cool, they were fine, I liked the work they were doing with Blank, but they never really, like, they had potential, but nothing ever really more than that in my head. This weekend kind of changed, I think, the narrative entirely around Still Life, because they were putting in some work, they were doing great character stuff, they were doing great, like, just wrestling stuff. Like, in this match, there's a lot of fun stuff where um, Still Life is kind of doing their pose that they do, and Ricky South is kind of, like, doing it with them or kind of, you know, doing his own take on it, and they were very upset about this at various times. Um, Yeah, Still Life uh, really, like I said, I think changed the narrative and changed how you have to talk about them through this entire weekend because they just, they killed it. Still Life absolutely killed it, uh, this Young Lions Cup uh, two set of shows they did a phenomenal job i thought yeah yeah absolutely so uh much credit much credit to them um uh, of the two semifinals i thought this was definitely the better one i thought uh, this is actually quite good uh still life was watching the first show because uh they were able to counter the super pile driver into a pinning combination and get the victory so it is still life and boomer hatfield in the finals, and uh, I am down with that. Mm-hmm. Two uh, very uh, deserving Chikara uh, young talents who really on this weekend completely impressed and did fantastic jobs, both of them. So definitely a, a very fitting and well-deserved finals for both these competitors. Yep, yeah. yeah. Uh, good stuff. We move on to a match you've kind of referred to a little bit already. Uh, kind of a special little match here. Airwolf taking on Cam Carter, uh, two definite standout guest Chikara talents, both of whom surprisingly did not move forward, but uh, getting another chance to show off what they can do here, uh, having what I thought was quite a good match. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm particularly impressed with uh, Airwolf kind of just like dead blocking, just stopping flat uh, a Hurricane Rana attempt, uh, jumping one no less and uh, countering it into a move of his own. I thought that was a particularly cool moment. Uh, yeah, I like both of these guys a lot. Airwolf getting the victory, as you might expect. bit more significant to Chikara, but again, would love to see lots more of both of these guys. Yes, indeed. Um, Cam Carter and Airwolf, I thought, had great chemistry together in here, both very similar talents with a lot of their own, uh, bringing a lot of their own special flair to each of their high-flying styles. Uh, I thought the finish was great in particular. Cam Carter known for his uh, sort of running 
ramp two ring springboard 450 splash. I remember Dasher Hatfield not even knowing what to call it the first time he saw it, <laughs> um, which is which is always going to stick out in my mind. It's just sort of a great uh, Chikara moment. That was so much fun. But um, he's going for this move, and as he you know goes to spring off, Airwolf meets him and you know grabs him from the ropes and hoists him up almost deadlift style, just, just straight muscle into a double underhook brain buster to pick up the victory. Kind of shocked. I know Airwolf is very popular and obviously the Ray Dave Oldor's champion, but man, I was into Cam Carter and I thought he was uh, putting on a good finishing stretcher into picking up the victory. But Airwolf does indeed win. The reigning Ray Dave Oldor is picking up a, uh, a very good victory in what was, I thought, just, just a highlight match from uh, the whole weekend. Uh, just really good stuff here. Fantastic. Go check this match out. Highly recommended. Yep, yep, quite good, quite good indeed. Um, move right along to another one of my favorite matches of the weekend, a trios match pitting uh, Creatures of the Deep, Murloc, Hermit Crab, and Cage of Crawdad against uh, The Colony, Fire Ant, Thief Ant, and Worker Ant, who I keep thinking is retired and keeps appearing again. Um, so that uh, is always nice to see. I, I like Worker Ant. I have liked him since the Ashes of Chikara gave a little character arc that I really, really enjoyed, and uh, he's proven himself to be uh, quite a good wrestler, too. I think especially kind of in uh, trios matches like this, he can show off what he can do really well. Um, I really uh, enjoyed him squaring off a couple of times with a murloc in this match. It's nice <laughs> Reminded stuff. me of, of something else and kind of made something click in my brain finally, but I'm not going to go into that i'm like peeking under the mask too much but yeah no good stuff good stuff from that but surely the highlight of this was the reinforcement of the fact that cajun crawdad apparently has no fear for his life and may or may not be immortal uh at one point uh kind of going up top and uh i think someone's trying to like pick him off the top there's a bunch of guys on the floor so he like goes up and starts climbing on the ceiling and then hurls himself down wildly onto a group of competitors, which was just a ludicrous thing to do. And I applaud him for, uh, I'm just going to take credit. He heard what I said about that balcony on the last show. And he's like, you're right. We should be taking big chances, <laughs> making big moments, doing everything we can. And he went out and he did this for me. And I, I appreciate it. I, 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 I'm just, he's winning me over, honestly. Cajun Crawdad. He's a guy I've been a little unsure about. For quite a while, but I don't know if he keeps doing uh, over-the-top stuff like this. You know, I, more power to him. He's making an impression for sure. Mm-hmm. Cajun Crawdad, another dude coming a very long way. Um, both members, Craw- uh, Crab and Crawdad, I thought, uh, looked a lot better in this match than I have sort of thought of them in the past. But uh, Crawdad in particular, that was just a, a buck-wild thing to do. Completely unexpected, I thought. Um I, I do enjoy how it seems to have been that after he took that PCO powerbomb from the ring to the outside, he's basically just, just he's lost all fear. Like, I can do anything now. I power, PCO powerbombed me and I didn't die. So you know what? <laughs> I'm just going to start doing equally ridiculous things like climbing on the ceiling to dive off onto everybody. Because you know what? If I survive that, I can survive anything. No, people can beat me. People can stop me in the ring, but if I have the desire to do something just absurd to attempt to do damage to you, literally no one can stop me from it because PCO didn't kill me then, so nobody else can kill me now. It, it, it's a great little um, 
character bit added to him, I think, which is just so great. This match was really a lot of fun. Um, I thought everybody was firing on all cylinders. Uh, there's some fun stuff from Thief Ants kind of stealing everybody's moves, um, especially on commentary at one point. Um, I think uh, Murloc did like a scoop slam and they were on commentary going, you know what? I don't think the fan is going to be able to steal that. Actually, he did like a choke slam and he did a gator roll, but I don't know if he's going to be able to scoop slam Murloc. Don't think that's going to be one of the moves that he's going to be able to take in this match. Um, there's a lot of fun segments, segments in this match and the, the ending stretch, the ending sequence where everybody just sort of squares off and Bryce has kind of had it or the referee has kind of had it and just kind of lets things explode and they kick them all out uh, i think uh crawdad uh rolls into a seated position and then all three ants kind of go running off the ropes two of them doing dives to the outside and fire ant hitting the yahtzee kick before putting crawdad away i think it was with the uh beach break just just a really fun trios match you know me big sucker for trios matches and i love the way chikara does them so this was right up my alley and a lot of fun all all six competitors all t- both teams really just bringing out the best in each other here in it. What I thought was a really, really good match. Uh, yeah, yeah, very good stuff here. Absolutely. Like I said, one of my favorite matches from the weekend. Probably my second favorite match on stage two. So a lot of credit to everyone involved doing some very good stuff here. I mm-hmm. uh, this up with a, kind of a unique heel versus heel match. It is uh, Team Fist, Travis Huckabee and Tony Deppin taking on Crummels and Defarge. Um, and you get pretty much what you would expect uh, from a heel versus heel match with two uh, two very entertaining teams. Uh, everybody cheats. Everybody's kind of a little dirty, a little dastardly. And uh, the right team won, I think. Fist takes home the victory. Would be very pleased if they were our next uh, campeonatos. Uh, kind of hopefully as soon as possible, because I, I mentioned I'm not a huge fan of the whole... Uh, you know, oh, we don't even like each other, but somehow we're tag team champions. Like, let, let a team that's actually doing teamwork, you know, kind of get the victory here. So, yeah, I'm, I'm all in for Fist becoming the next tag team champions of Chikara. This match, I thought this was another very, like, incredibly fun match. I enjoyed the opening <laughs> sequence of both teams uh, doing, like, the same exact cheating to one another. At one point, they were all in a circle, all, like, grabbing and fish hooking each other. That eventually devolves into a uh, quadruple clothesline spot. Not just a double clothesline, but a quadruple clothesline spot that was, uh, I thought, very well done. Um, In general, this match was just really hectic, really fun. Everybody doing a lot of good work here as well. Uh, Tony Deppin, I feel like you weren't always super high on Deppin, especially maybe early on into his stuff, but... I thought I think he's come a long way as well. You know how good Travis Huckabee is. Crumbles and Defarge are also very good. This was just I don't know. I had a great time with this, and something that I think added to this match as well. Uh, Mike Quackenbush was doing commentary. I didn't. I don't remember if this is correct, but I think the guy's name was like Jason Heat Jason or something. Heat was the name. I have no earthly idea who that is, but that is the name. <laughs> he was the uh, other dude on commentary, and that dude was basically like how I imagine I would be if I was perfect on commentary. Because he was just, he was whipping jokes and puns, but he was also, like, you know, very good on just, just talking about, like, wrestling and the things that were happening in the ring, like, calling the action, but also, like, throwing puns and jokes. And He cracked up Quackenbush at least twice during this match. I think he said, uh, this is like if you were staring into a mirror, but one side was much poorer and just it destroyed Quackenbush for a few seconds. It was so it was so good. This was a very 
was kind of a silly match, some kind of silly commentary, but it also had just like great athletic and wrestling moments and everybody looked good. Commentary was good. This was, I don't know, for a, a Rudo versus Rudo match, you know, those don't always necessarily go off super well, but I think they played it off really, really well here. And yeah, just this was a very, not necessarily surprising, but it kind of took me off guard by how uh, just good and completely enjoyable this match was. Really, really highly recommended from me personally. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah, good stuff indeed. Uh, really, I think one. stage two was definitely, um, I, I appreciate a lot of things they did on uh, stage one, but stage two I think is definitely the highlight show of these two with a lot of just, just incredibly fun things going on all the way through. Uh, yeah, no, it was definitely the better show, and really for no other reason, uh, even if you put everything else aside, for this next match, uh, it was definitely the better show. Um, the match is Dadger Hatfield taking on Solo Darling for the Chikara Grand Championship, still defending that title staunchly, despite, despite not really being uh, the actual title holder. Um, and I, I just got to say, I don't know about you, but this is probably in contention one of my favorite matches of the year. It is ridiculous how good Solo Darling has gotten just from a few years ago. Um, mm-hmm. She's phenomenal now. Dasher Hadfield has been so great. And this was his first match really work at heel. And even though we didn't do a lot of like traditionally heel stuff, just something about the way he wrestled was just a little bit different, a little bit more vicious. Uh, at one point doing a gory bomb into the corner, which I've never seen him do, which looked awesome. Uh, showing off his power, just like dead blocking Solo when she was trying to jump on him off the ropes. Um, they really went all out for this. You know, nutty stuff like Solo suplexing Dasher directly out into the floor. You have Dasher doing an apron powerbomb, and I don't usually even really care about apron powerbombs because they're so overdone, but this was not just like standing at ringside and you kind of dump the guy onto the ring. This was Dasher standing up on the apron and then, like, jumping all the way down to the floor with Solo up, like, in the powerbomb position and slamming her down that way. Looked incredible. Oh, so nasty. Oh, my god. So nasty. And the finish, man, the finish was nuts to me because it's Dasher basically deadlifting Solo up and, like... Jackhammering her into the turnbuckle. Yeah, like, like half jackhammering her and half just, like, violently hurling her into the corner uh oh man like this yeah this this match was all out awesomeness this is the chikara match of the year this is one of the best matches i have seen this year so much credit to both dasher and solo because this this was phenomenal i think this was the match we were kind of been hoping dasher would have as grand champion because like his matches before have typically been I'd say, like, above average, maybe not quite good. Um, certainly not I mean, terrible certainly matches. good, but... but not, like, a lot of Grand Championship matches are phenomenal. Uh, mm-hmm. And, yeah, just like with Travis, it was a little weird, didn't really click. With Sloan, seemed a bit off. Uh, with Ophidian, probably the closest he came. Really, really good match. But still, just, yeah, waiting for, like, a real genuine classic like this and now yeah we've got it it's it's been awesome oh yes and it and i think it really predicated on two things a the the constant improvement that we've seen from solo darling just genuinely becoming i think one of the top women's talents in the world and definitely a top talent in chikara just incredible performer 
um, just to see where she's gone in just a few years has been just, just eye-opening, I think. She's just absolutely a must-watch performer right now. And the other thing being, as mentioned, Dasher Hatfield adding a lot of brutality um, to his to his game. But the, th- the, the spot that I think really stood out to me that sort of really demonstrated the change in uh, in Dasher was at one point he's got Solo in the corner and he's going to go for what seems to be his sort of classic da 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 charge uh, baseball slide in the corner. Well, he runs up and he goes into the corner, but he doesn't call for anything. One fan yells out charge and Dasher kind of points at him, mm-hmm. but nobody really does anything. Nobody really kind of celebrates this. And Dasher runs back through and instead of doing a baseball slide, he just like runs up and starts stomping on on solo, just just constantly like stomping on her in the corner before doing a sort of face wash version of the uh, the baseball slide. And just that 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 difference between what he normally does and what he ended up doing was so it, it speaks to I think the character that Dasher Hatfield has become, and it was so it was right up my alley. I really. Uh, saw that and appreciated that, and yeah, all the various other just nasty things he did throughout this match. A gory bomb in the corner, a jackhammer power slam hurl into the corner, that apron power bomb spot. Really just speaking to the uh, the depths that uh, Dasher is kind of believing he has to sink to in order to retain that title and keep the keep it, you know, to himself. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just it's great in ring storytelling, uh, not just for this individual match, but the overall arc that Dasher Hatfield has been going through. This was this was phenomenal stuff. As Miss Fan said, right now, absolutely Chikara's match of the year, and we don't just mean that because they've had you know only like what now two three shows sure, that they've yeah. done. Like this was a genuinely great match a fantastic match like we said the match we've been waiting for dasher hatfield's reign to have and it absolutely delivered go check this one out dasher hatfield solo darling stage two of the young lions cup grand championship uh title defense good fantastic phenomenal high quality stuff yeah check out one match from these cards that this should be the match that you check out all great stuff um we go from there to our Young Lions Cup final match. Still live with Apricots in Paris, taking on Boomer Hatfield. Uh, I thought this was another quite good match, very strong psychology. Boomer's leg being a bit injured from uh, his earlier matches. Still live, putting on some really good stuff. Taking home that win by submission, no less. Uh, Boomer basically passing out rather than tapping out, but still... That gives the win to Still Life. And I think, yeah, that is very cool. I'm, I'm down with that. I'm liking yes. that even more than I really thought that I would. It's very good. Indeed. This was just – it was fantastic work from two, like I said, young talents who really, by the end of this weekend, I think, uh, really showed what they are worth to Chikara. Still Life is so – like, we, we've seen Still Life before, and they were, like, all right – but like after this weekend, I don't think you can think of them as anything other than just like really good. And Boomer, like I, I don't know, man. Boomer's next in line behind like Green Ant and Razor Hawk as just just some of the young talents that kind of explode onto the Chikara scene and are just just spectacular must-watch people. Because I thought he worked the, the, his leg really well. He was trying really hard. He was you know putting himself through 
through hell and back to try to win this match. Um, mm-hmm. And he just looked great throughout the whole thing. Dasher's Dasher's Kid Boomer has got a he's got a very high bar, a very high ceiling in the future. I think he's gonna be he's gonna be something special, and so is a still life. If uh, this weekend is anything to go by. So congratulations to these two for making it to the finals, and big congratulations to Still Life with Apricots with Pears for becoming the season's first uh, Young Lions Cup champion. Very well-deserved honor, just, just great stuff. But the thing that I really want to talk about <laughs> is what I might call a contender for promo of the year afterwards, because mm. afterwards uh, Still Life gets the cup, and they go off to speak to Scott Holliday, um, and I, we didn't mention this. We didn't mention this. But um, after Still Life's first match and victory on stage one, uh, they went over to Scott Holiday, and Scott Holiday asked them, you know, a question. And one of the things they asked, or one of the things he asked, I should say, to Still Life was, <coughs> excuse me, if there was any truth to the rumor that um, that Blank had found a new muse. And Still Life said no comment and walked off before, you know, the events of tonight's show. Mm. Or that night's show, I should say. So Still Life wins. They take their title. They take their trophy over to Scott Holiday. Scott goes to talk to them. They're interrupted by Blank, who I I kid you not, we have talked about how much we have enjoyed uh, Race Jackson's transformation into Blank. Mm-hmm. This, I think, right now is 100% the highlight of that transformation. Because uh, Blank takes the microphone, and he says that he is, he, he's not happy. He's not, he's not pleased. Um, you know, he, he kind of congratulates Still Life, but he's like, I'm so, I'm not happy. I'm not happy. And I thought, um, I, I look at you and I thought, you know, a splash of gold was going to do it. But a splash of gold was going to complete this piece. But but it didn't because my piece is ruined. My piece is ruined because of what Penelope, what Miss Ford did to them by applying her own her own paint to still life and he is just he is furious he is angry he is nasty about this he's like pushing away scott holiday he is just he's frantically upset about this and the emotion that pours from him this is sander cohen out of bioshock level of just like mad artist just just losing it over a tiny imperfection like he can't not see it he can't not see it It doesn't matter what he does it doesn't matter what other paint he applies it doesn't matter if still life has the young lions cup championship it doesn't matter if they've added that splash of gold he just he can't unsee it and it drives him wild and ah <laughs> oh, so yes i you have to understand we hated Race Jackson in probably no uncertain terms, whether he was face or heel. We hated Race Jackson. I no hated Race Jackson. Yeah. Blank might, at least as far as a character goes, as far as a gimmick goes, 
might be my favorite gimmick in professional wrestling right now, especially wow. after this promo. I am just, I am all about this. Um, if you know anything about me, um, outside of professional wrestling, I'm a huge Bioshock fan. Sander Cohen uh, being a character in particular that very much struck me. So uh, yeah. a, another character that reaches those types types of depths and plays off that sort of thing in a wrestling uh, spectrum is just it's so great i was all about this big ups to once again still life for apricots with pears for picking up that winning win and becoming the young lions cup champion they deserved it and hopefully this won't outshine them but blank came out and just just worked some magic into this whole thing and added a whole new layer of depth to this victory for still life and i cannot see where this you know i cannot wait to see i should say i cannot wait to see where this takes the two of them down the road in the future Ugh. fantastic stuff Ugh, so good mm. so good yeah yeah uh, great shout the same call yourself great shout uh i don't know if i say blank's my favorite gimmick uh like in wrestling but man the execution, the performance, just everything. Much, much credit to uh, to the former Race Jackson. Um, very uh, talented guy in ways that, yeah, I, I definitely did not recognize at one time, or uh, maybe was just not playing to those strengths, or I don't even know. It doesn't matter because uh, it's really rocking. Blank right is now. awesome right yeah, now. That's absolutely. that's the important thing. Absolutely. <sighs> uh, move on to our last match to cover. It is. Uh, Mr. Touchdown, Mark Angel said, indeed, wrestling again, wrestling somebody from the dugout, as Dasher hinted, and that could only be one man, because there's only one man left from Dasher's dugout who's not accounted for. It is Icarus. It is that horribly tattooed, terrible man, Icarus, who betrayed us all with his terrible tattoo and showed it to us again. <sighs> um, I thought this match uh, was good, but... Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's a good idea to split Mr. Touchdown between two matches because I thought it was really tough for him. I don't know if it uh, impacted maybe the match quality to some extent. Um, Mark wins definitely not easily, but also, again, like sort of abruptly. And uh, I don't know. The match, uh, it was good. Didn't blow me away again. So he got kind of two good matches instead of, I don't know, maybe could have had one great match or something. But uh I know they want to get to the WrestleMania weekend with Touchdown and Dasher, so I guess this was the way to do it. Indeed. And I, I, for me, this was less about the match quality and more about sort of the character sure, work sure. here, especially for Angelo Setti, because um, I don't know. I'm not normally a, a huge dude on uh, kickouts unless they like mean something, like unless there's something really at play and at stake and the kickouts themselves have a lot of meaning and emotion behind them. Um, there were times in this match in which I thought uh, Angela said he was going to lose, which I thought Mr. Touchdown was going to have his dreams dashed at the last second. And yet, I, I don't remember what the move was. It might have been the uh, the pedigree. I think it was like the last pedigree that Icarus actually hits. Um, he pins him, like one, two, kick out from Angela said he, like an emphatic kick out. And like Icarus as like, you know, he's like bug eye, like no way you didn't just kick out of that. Angelo Setti is just, like, roaring with emotion, and the fans were all into that kick out. Mm. Like, it was just sort of a perfect storm of things to make that particular spot. Like, really meaningful and really good. It didn't come off as, like, overplayed or overwrought or overdramatic. Like, everybody did things perfectly, and the fans reacted to it perfectly, and it just all came together super well. 
Um, yeah, and in the end, uh, Mark Angel said he picks up the victory. Mr. Touchdown gets his third point over Icarus, and um, this leads to, who boy, the uh, a, a, another very shockingly good um, just just segment um, after this match. Who? Uh, <laughs> Indeed. Um, yeah, yeah. You want to take us through it? You sound uh, excited. I want to interrupt your flow. Yes, indeed. So, uh, Angel said he wins off a, uh, a roll-up, basically, countering some Icarus offense into a pin. Uh, picks up the three count, wins this match. Icarus is not happy about this. Um, he continues sort of fighting, continues kind of doing his thing. Dasher, Hatfield, and Boomer come out. And Dasher, like, walks over to, he's, he's got a microphone in hand, and he walks over and he kind of shoves Icarus off and tells him to get his hands off him for setting him into the corner and saying, you had a job to do, and you failed to Icarus. Icarus takes this as kind of, you know, you still have something to do. You you know, you failed me. How could you? Icarus proceeds to pick up the the injured and battered and bruised Angelo Setti and hits him one more time with the, uh, the Blu-ray in the corner and, you know, leaves him lying, leaves him laying down um, and walks off. And Boomer is... Very confused and very hurt with this happening. You know, he wants to break this up, but his leg is so ruined from his previous matches that there's nothing he can really do but sit there and watch in horror as his father allows Icarus to do this heinous thing to Mr. Touchdown. Mm. Afterwards, um, Dasher's on the microphone and he says, you know, you got those three points, but three points do not make you a champion. Three points do not make you a champion. At this point, Bryce has had it and goes to remove the title from Dasher Hatfield, but Dasher very easily shoves him off and says, you know, what are you going to do? You can't take this from me. Nobody can take this from me. I earned this. I had five title defenses. I beat Travis. I beat Sloan. I beat the Whisper. I beat Ophidian. And tonight, I beat Solo. I deserve this title. I earned this title i am properly its champion i'm not interim anything i am the grand champion and i am not giving this back to you mark it's not happening i've earned this you haven't i'm champion bryce is just he's not happy about this he's not particularly great but Archangelo said he finds his way up. Mr. Touchdown crawls his way up slowly but surely, gets the microphone, and says, Dasher. He pleads with him. He begs with him, Dasher, I did what you said. Give me my title. Please. I, I did it. I did it. And for a moment, it seems like maybe... Maybe these words have gotten through to Dasher. Maybe Mark's pleading has gotten through. Dasher takes a look. At his title, he takes a look at his championship and then strikes Mr. Touchdown with it. The fans boo. Everyone is upset. Dasher once again reiterates, no, I earned this title. I am not giving it to you. I refuse to do this. No, this is my belt. Boomer is checking on Mark. He's just completely shocked and appalled that this has happened. And someone else who is very shocked and appalled and just, just tired of everything is head referee and director of fun, Bryce Remsburg, who picks up the microphone. And he's, he's had it. He's done with this. He tells 
Dasher, you're right. I can't take that title from you. I can't physically remove the title from you. And neither can the rightful grand champion who is knocked out right now. There is something that I can do. There's something I, I can do to fix this mess, to get rid of all this stuff, to solve this fiasco. And so, know what I'm going to do. In my last act as director of fun, I am going to make it so that at our show on April 5th, once upon a beginning, Mr. Touchdown will not be walking in to his match with the Grand Championship. Dasher Hatfield will not be walking into his match with the Grand Championship because we're going to take this title and we're going to have a definitive winner. We are going to have a certain finished undisputed winner in this match so we're going to take that title we're going to hoist it from the ceiling we are going to have for the grand championship dasher versus touchdown in a ladder match finally that is it he drops the microphone he walks off and so does everyone else. Everyone abandons the ring as best they can. Dasher walks off. Uh, touchdown still laid out. Boomer still checking on him. The last thing I saw from this was uh, once again Dasher doing the old junior come here sort of thing. But uh, you said something interesting, which I didn't actually catch. The so one thing I did catch during this segment at one point mm-hmm. was the fans chanting. I think they were chanting interim at uh, at Dasher. However, mm-hmm. you said something that, like I said, I didn't quite catch. Maybe I wasn't listening close enough, but apparently you were chanting Juan was right at mm-hmm. Dasher. That is correct. That is what I heard. Uh, Chikara fans always uh, ready with um, with with uh, that long memory, that uh, bit of character connection that uh, seems to happen very naturally in Chikara. I thought that was uh, quite an impactful chant when I heard it. Ooh, yes, so there's lots of layers, there's lots of depth, and you heard it. There are two things there, two things in particular. One, Collective, the main event of Chikara's show, Once Upon a Beginning on April 5th, will indeed be Dasher Hatfield versus Mark Angelicetti for the Grand Championship in a ladder match. I think only the uh, second or third time Chikara will be having a ladder match uh, in their history. I think the uh, first one for the Grand Championship, if I'm not mistaken, I may be, I don't know, but... That's that. That's very interesting and intense on its face. A good way for this uh, feud to reach that sort of point. But the second thing, which uh, might have been a little bit more under the radar if you weren't paying attention, but that is director of fun, my uh, director of fun, Bryce Rimsberg, last action as director of fun. He is resigning from his post after making this match. So um, I don't know if they've announced anybody as their new director of fun. I don't know if there's a search going on. I don't know if he is going to retain his title until that match happens. I, I, I don't quite know what they're doing. But, yeah, uh, Bryce Rimsberg will no longer be Chikara's director of fun. Things have gotten a bit too hectic for him to be both director of fun and uh, the head official, the senior official of Chikara is kind of the way I took it. And he has chosen to sort of stay on the refereeing path instead of the director of fun path, which I think is a, a very valid and correct choice on his on his on his half on his behalf. So, yes. Yeah. So title match and a, a new director of fun search going on right now. So 
dang, what a way to end the Young Lions Cup and end uh, this show. Yep. Huge amount of stuff happening there, but I'm very hyped for Dasher's touchdown in the second ever Chikara ladder match. That should be awesome. A great way to showcase two phenomenal talents at WrestleMania weekend, no less. So if you're going to be in town for that, do go see that show because I'm pretty sure it is going to rock. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, very emotional stuff here. The crowd was super into it. Yeah, like I said, Juan was right. What a what a chant that is that we would ever hear that in these situations. It can't hardly be thought of. Uh, Bryce stepping down in disgust, really, uh, from the post of director of fun. Who's going to get the job? We really have no idea. Uh, we don't know what kind of impact that could possibly have in the company. I don't know, but uh, it's really great now. These shows really uh, kind of revitalized my my Chikara fandom. Not that it was uh, ever really in danger, but uh, just after being a little unsure about the first show when they came back. Very good stuff here. Uh, the only thing I will say again, please find a way to bring back the pre-match promos because they were so good about they just helped They just helped Chikara be what Chikara was. So find some way, please, Hooker by Crook, to include those again. Uh, but yeah, great presentation over both of these events. Really enjoyed both shows and uh, can't wait to see WrestleMania weekend. Already got a lot of big stuff. You know, they got a big uh, Golden Dreams uh, tag match with uh, Chuck Taylor and Jigsaw and Thunderfrog and a lot of guys returning to uh, do some cool stuff there. That should be very good. Of course, yeah, I do have Dasher and Touchdown going one-on-one in that ladder match. That's going to be awesome. Got the Colony taking on Fist in a trios match and a rematch of uh, one of my favorite Chikara matches of last year. Got Still Life defending that uh, Young Lions Cup against Carlos Romo of uh, White Wolf Wrestling. Got the rematch of A-Kid and Airwolf, uh, kind of for that that pride of the Rey de Voladores. Uh, You've got uh, CCK coming in, Kid Lycos and Chris Brooks to take on Carlos and Defarge, which I'm sure will have... uh, a lot of shenanigans in that match. So that is uh, what we have so far. Probably going to be even more stuff. So, yeah, do be ready to check that out. It should be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Good stuff. All right. I think that's uh, pretty much anything. everything. Uh, anything else you want to talk about before we uh, call it a day here? Uh, just want to really quickly say it will not be this upcoming weekend, but next weekend. This is WrestleMania weekend, the 4th, 5th, 6th, and 7th. Going to be having a whole bunch of events, uh, not only WrestleMania, the Hall of Fame, NXT TakeOver, all those sorts of things, but a lot of your favorite independent professional wrestling promotions will be hitting that uh, that same that same weekend with a whole bunch of things. WXW, we already talked about Chikara. Um, there's a whole, like, Joey Janela's spring break, like, extravaganza over, like, two or three nights. Involving, like, Orange Cassidy has a show. Bloodsport is happening as well again. There's just, uh, just right around the corner is going to be a whole heck of a lot of weird, fun, exciting, different, and unique shows. Once again, that's not this weekend, this upcoming weekend, but next weekend is going to be, um, a very dense weekend for wrestling entertainment. So if you're into all of that stuff, be on the lookout. If you aren't already on the lookout, be on the lookout for all the shows that will be happening that weekend because who, uh, as a guy who, who 
did WrestleMania weekend just a few years ago. It is a, a heck of a time. If you're going to be in that area, definitely I encourage you to go see as many shows as you can. And if you're not going to be there, definitely do your best to check out a lot of the shows from this weekend, whether they're live, on tape delay, whatever you can do. It's going to be a blast. Indeed. Uh, so, yeah, great stuff. We'll bring, uh, hopefully, a lot of that stuff to you uh, as much as we can anyway. It'll be a great time. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. If you ever want to shout us out, we're on Twitter. I am at Spectral Gent. He's at Big Def Energy. It's B-I-G-D-E-F Energy. Uh, come uh, check both of us out. Give us a shout. Give us a follow. Also, check out all the other great programs on LOP Radio, not the least of which being uh, All About All Elite, hosted by myself and co-founder of this show, Shane, a.k.a. Mystic. Also, uh, Kingdom of Honor, Perfect Ten Wrestling, Right Side of the Pond, Sports Entertainment is Dead. The, the doc says, uh, I think that's everybody, but yeah, please do be checking all that stuff out. Great, great stuff there. Um, and lordsofpain.net and lopforums.com for a lot of great written material. So do come check out all of that good stuff and more. Uh, that is everything that we've got for you this week. Until next week, we have been the global revolution. See ya.